0: Hi, I'm Whitney Walker, and this is the Women Waken podcast, where I interview guests who are in the field of healing and spiritual work using their unique gifts of the divine feminine. We talk all about these amazing gifts that these particular guests have and how they're bringing them forth in the world. On this episode, I welcome medicine woman and good friend of mine, Jennifer Alvaretta. Jennifer is a healer, a trauma-informed yoga teacher, meditation, and breathwork facilitator, and also the founder of Groove, a space for women to rediscover wholeness from within. Jennifer founded Groove from struggling with her own severe period and reproductive issues, learning to love her body, and overcoming chronic digestive issues, anxiety, and depression. On this episode, Jennifer and I talk about all kinds of amazing modalities to address ailments and struggles within our body, our mind, and our spirit that are holistic and natural, including healing with plant medicine, addressing trauma through trauma release exercises and soul retrieval. And we explore the ways that trauma infiltrates people's lives in so many different ways and how we're coming into a time where we're talking more openly and seeking more ways to address trauma. So take a listen, enjoy, and here's my guest. Hello, Jennifer. Welcome to the Women Waken
1: podcast. Hey, Whitney. Happy to be
0: here. <laughs> Jennifer and I are together in person, live, which is very exciting. We, and we're looking out the window at the most beautiful beautiful landscape we're in North Carolina near Asheville and it is just gorgeous it's fall time here and I mean how awesome are the leaves it's my favorite
1: it's my absolute favorite
0: yeah it's probably one of the better places in the country at this time to see this the different foliage all these bright colors
1: it's just like a good reminder that of the how beautiful transition can be and I just I try to learn from from nature as much as possible Yeah. Nature has a lot of
0: wisdom, maybe all the wisdom. That's why it's good to spend so much time in it.
1: Agreed. Yeah.
0: Like we did today going for a hike. Yes, ma'am. So Jennifer, you and I met a few months ago. You had reached out to me. Yeah. Super
1: randomly. I've learned to follow my instincts and I just had an instinct that, I don't know, I needed to find some badass, like spiritually minded women and kind of went on a little bit of a Google hunt and ended up reaching out to you. And it was an awesome connection. And now here we are sitting at a table together. Oh my gosh. Awesome. Did I come up when you typed in
0: spiritual badass women? Pretty
1: much. (laughs) That's so cool.
0: I didn't even try to do like SEO stuff on that or anything. I love it. Well, I'm so thrilled that that happened. And, you know, we have to know that that's cosmic connection, synchronicity, because here we are, we're here in North Carolina because we're both kind of nomads right now. Yeah. We're traveling.
1: Yeah, it's on the road and a little bit homeless, but love it. <laughs> a little bit, but it's pretty great. So,
0: and you, but you started your journey a while ago. I just took off a month ago now. I've been on the road, but you've been on the road for a while.
1: Yeah, I started in September of 2020. So, kind of in the midst of the pandemic when shit was real weird also hopefully it's okay for me to (laughs) cuss on this podcast because I do it a lot you can cuss (laughs) um but yeah took off from Texas where I had been living for nine years and you know kind of thought that okay I can either sit in my house for who knows how long and be quarantined and you know, not have much of a life or I can buy an RV and go out on an adventure. So my partner and I at the time decided to buy an RV and just like have an adventure during COVID instead of doing what so many other people were doing. And it has been one of the most transformative experiences of my life, both spiritually, personally, just in all facets. It's been so amazing. In so many ways. What
0: if, what have you loved about it the most? What do you appreciate about life on the road and travel?
1: Hmm, that's such a tough question. Um, I think it, that my answer to that would have to be a little bit multifaceted. I think one of the one of the biggest lessons for me that I've learned is that no matter where I go, I'm always home because home is inside of myself and that's been a huge lesson for me and also just like getting back in touch with nature has been so amazing because I was living in the city for you know what the last like 12 13 years and kind of had always considered myself a city girl and just right before COVID hit had started really yearning to just be in nature to be like out away from people and getting back in touch with that and just realizing like I am nature nature is me and there's so many parallels and so many lessons to learn and it's just it's created so much space in my life for an inner sense of peace and just expansion it created like so much this space for me to just blossom and open in a way that I had not anticipated but also has brought up a lot of Shit that I had to work through. So I don't want to make it sound like it was all amazing. <laughs> I hear it's that. Definitely been some rough things.
0: <laughs> yeah. And that's so nice to hear because I've had the exact same experience hitting the road. I took off to go and I thought it was like going to be fun and just have a great time. And it has <laughs> been. But it was like, oh no, it's also going to challenge the heck oh, out yeah. of you. Because yep. I think when you make that declaration to the universe, because when you go out like that, when you pick up your life and go travel, you create movement. I think, you know, the universe hears that you're sort of saying, I'm ready for change. I'm ready for, for movement through my body, through my being, through everything and movement and growth doesn't happen with just like happy, joyous, free flowing days. Those times are wonderful, but it's not the times that you grow. And I think anytime you sort of set out on some sort of journey or quest or whatever it might be, you know, again, that doesn't happen without some friction to create change.
1: Yeah. And I feel like stagnation is kind of where things stay the same. And once you start moving, like you said, like energy starts moving. And also what I found is different things have come up in different places. So different parts of the country and different cities and different towns and different parts of, Nature have a different energy, and it stirs up different energies inside of you or inside of me. I'm not going to speak for for you, but it has stirred up different energies inside of me. So I found that different areas I've have almost had more like a different theme around the things Mm -hmm. that I was processing in each area. Oh wow, which has been pretty pretty cool and like very very uncomfortable at times. Yeah, (laughs) but ultimately such a huge blessing because that. All of that movement is ultimately just making space for something new and like making space inside Mm. of you for something else that you're ready to, you know, discharging things, you're ready to let go of making space for new stuff that you're ready to call in. So the death and rebirth cycle, we were just talking about that (laughs)
0: last night, last night, uh, Jennifer and I were doing some tarot
1: together, some Mm -hmm. witchy
0: stuff, our favorite. And one of the, I think was the overall energy for my read was the death card which is we're talking about one of our favorite cars and most people it's so funny because a lot of people will say, Oh no, like, please just don't get the death card. But death is like very little to do with the actual death of the physical body. It's about transformation, releasing the old to your point to make way for the new It's the end of one time in your life and the door opening to the next phase. Exactly.
1: And this, this time of travel for me, there has been a lot of death Mm. and it's, yeah. It's been uncomfortable. It's been a little bit scary at times, but yeah, it's just, it's made so much space for me in my life. And I feel like I've opened and blossomed in ways that I could not have anticipated. And it's just been such a, such a gift yeah, to be able to Yeah. So do fantastic.
0: Mm-hmm. So let's talk about you and all the wonderful things that you my do. My
1: favorite thing to talk
0: about <laughs> myself. <laughs> hey, We're going for it. So Jennifer, you are... A medicine woman. We're going to get into all these things, but I'm just going to kind of give you a little bio, okay? You're a medicine woman. You're a healer, trauma-informed yoga teacher, meditation and breathwork facilitator. And you're also the founder of Groove, which is a space for women to rediscover their wholeness from within. So obviously all of these are amazing and it's why we connected because we're both doing cool shit, right? But what I want to start with before we get into all these things is let's rewind the tape back a bit. Because you have a really interesting perspective because you, as you mentioned, you lived for years in the city in Austin and you were in tech, you were deep in tech and you were like sitting pretty with like a really nice gig with a really nice salary with a company that was like possibly being bought or, you know, IPO, would whatever it is, but you had some stuff going on.
1: Yeah, I, uh, I was deep in tech. That's definitely one way to say it. I was super deep in tech. <laughs> Um, Like so many people in (laughs) California, all over the place. I mean, tech age. Yeah. That was such an interesting time in my life. And I think like reflecting back on it, it was so interesting because yes, for a long time I was doing all the things I was I had what, at the time, I would have considered my dream job. I had a fat salary. I was able to buy a beautiful home in Austin. I was a leader at this company that was growing really quickly, that was really well-known in the city of Austin. We were doing really cool work around diversity and inclusion, which was really important work to me in the tech industry especially. But something that I realized looking back especially was like once I started doing work on myself and unwinding my trauma was that I was starting to realize that the tech industry is just rife with people that have unprocessed trauma and I can't speak for everybody and I'm not going to try I'm not going to try to make sweeping judgments but what I found was that for me I was projecting all of my insecurities, my not enoughness, my lack of self-love into my career and wanting to, you know, be successful, do the things, have the money, have the stuff. And I was fucking miserable. I was super miserable and didn't really even recognize it until I was kind of forced (laughs) Until life forced my hand and I was forced to recognize that none of what I had built up in my life was actually in alignment or was actually who I am authentically. And it took life, you know, like shaking the very foundation of my life and in order to understand that. But it gave me a really interesting perspective into just how kind of how our world is structured and how pervasive trauma is and the manifestations that unprocessed trauma take in our world and in our society and how it helps to how it utterly shapes our, our culture and our society.
0: Yeah. And I think, again, you have such a unique perspective because, you know, I'm a mental health therapist and you as a healer, we know about people who are openly working on this. That's a whole discussion, but you kind of saw like the underlinings because people don't think of, oh, there's a lot of trauma in people who work in tech or big corporations. It's like, cause it's everything surface level, right? Mm-hmm. You project a certain image, you have, you know, all these big goals for growth and profiting and all of that. People don't talk about that. And they don't recognize that the thing that, as you said earlier, that really drives a lot of their ambition is unfortunately can be trauma-based. It's about their perceived deficit because there's nothing like trying to heal a wound that won't heal with things that, it's it's essentially the same as addiction. You're constantly using something that's, you know, it's like water through a bucket with holes. Like you're like, this is going to do it. This success, this money, this notoriety is going to make me feel fulfilled, but there's no, it can just go on forever because it's never getting filled up. You're never actually satiated by what you're doing. And I think that, you know, people look at people who have like a company that took off like a startup company and they're like, oh my gosh, they must be like the happiest person in the world. But you said that you see that these people are actually not always that happy.
1: Yeah. And it's, I, and I know that I was living in this space was that I was constantly looking at my life from a perspective of I'll be happy when I achieve X goal, when the company sells, when I And at this point in my career and in that industry, this like gold standard that everybody looks to is like acquisition, acquisition, acquisition. And something that I found in myself, the company I worked for was acquired. And like, that was a really hard situation for me to go through. And I know from a certain perspective, it's like, well, that sounds ungrateful. Like you had this amazing experience. I you know, made some money off of that, which was wonderful and allowed me to have more freedom in what I wanted to do after that. But ultimately what I realized was that what was driving my need for success was the trauma from my childhood and my own wounding around. I'm not good enough. I'm not lovable. Am I good enough now? Am I good enough now? Am I lovable now? And ultimately what I realized was that whether or not or what I what I witnessed and what I observed from my perspective is that so many of the people that I interacted with were and don't get me wrong some of the most incredible people that I've met huge hearts but in a lot of cases you know what was driving the need for success was ultimately coming from the same place that I found myself in which was some unhealed wounds that weren't being looked at and It's becoming more of a conversation in that area, but still in a lot of ways. That's what's, you know, trauma, at least from my perspective, is driving so much of the tech industry. And that's a really interesting thing to sit with that, you know, so many of our innovations, so much of What's shaping our world is, at least for in my opinion, from my perspective, and I can't say that that is definitively and absolutely true, but from what I witnessed and observed and, you know, after that, doing the, the trauma work that I've done and helping others heal, is that that was so much of what was driving it. And I found that when my own trauma was healed, suddenly I no longer really had an interest in being part of that industry and part of that culture that's telling you that you need to get to this place and make money and it's amazing when you get to that place. And, but ultimately like that's, I wasn't happy that I wasn't living in alignment with, with what I really wanted. And that was, that was a really tough reality for me to face.
0: Always. It's so hard to acknowledge that the different parts of your life and the things that you've maybe invested a lot of time in, a lot of energy, a lot of effort into just, they don't work for you. It's not what you really want because it's that feeling of, oh my gosh, do I really have to start all over? Do I really have to dismantle what I've put together? And, but when there's that deep knowing that what you have just isn't right for you and isn't serving you, you know, the answer is always, yeah, Yeah. you know, it's got to, got to be done.
1: Yeah. And that, that whole time in my life was literally looking back the epitome of my shadow self driving my whole life without me even recognizing that that's what was happening. Mm -hmm. And in retrospect, all of what I was doing was being driven by my shadow, by my childhood wounds. And once I started really deeply engaging with that work, it just suddenly, I was like, Oh, I don't feel like I need this anymore
0: it's such a gift
1: it's you suddenly realize that it's like the
0: chains have been taken off mm-hmm. you know again to bring tarot back in the the devil card in tarot shows two people in change in, in chains um that the devil is holding but the clasps are open they can free themselves and so when you heal that trauma it's like the class comes off and you're you think oh i don't it's it really is when we say you need to get to the source of the matter it is like trauma has its own life force. And when you heal mm-hmm. it, it's like that force is gone Yeah, and you don't have this desire to self-destruct. You know, I know personally that it, once you work on some of that stuff, it just, it almost feels like this entity that was inside of you is gone.
1: Totally. And I like, that's totally my perspective on trauma. And I know a lot of people look at trauma a little bit differently and I really like to look at it I'm like a big science nerd, but also into kind of psychic and metaphysical shit. So I look at it from both like an energetic and a scientific perspective. But ultimately, like what I feel intuitively about trauma and what I've personally experienced is that, you know, trauma is energy. Like it, literally everything is energy and quantum physics and like the, the latest theories in the science community support this theory that, you know, every literally everything is energy and stress moves through us as energy, stress is a cycle. And when that cycle doesn't complete, that energy literally gets stuck inside of our body and just spins and spins and spins. And that's trauma. Like it's this old energy, just like being spun up and triggered and just spinning inside of us. So we find ourselves in these cycles where we're attracting the same partners over and over and we're engaging in destructive behaviors over and over. And I was in that, stuck in that cycle for most of my life until I actually started really facing off with what was causing it and trying to get out of that cycle. But it was, yeah, it's totally like an entity, an energy body living inside of me that was like sucking up all of the energy in my body. And it wasn't until I allowed that energy to finally discharge, which energy like wants to move inherently. Like that's literally a law of thermodynamics, like energy moves and And once you allow that energy to move by engaging in healing work, your body just like opens and you have all of this. You realize how much energy was being funneled into this like entity within you, like you called it, this like trauma entity and this trauma energy. And it's. Uh, it's just, I could talk about, this.
0: <laughs> I could talk about trauma forever. Yeah. Well, this um, it's a very pertinent. Yeah. I and mean, unfortunately, I think most beings on this planet are traumatized, which against your point, it just means they have this stored locked yeah. in energy. That's just running and running and running and just causing them so much grief. Because yeah. as long as you have that, you're going to keep trying to we seek things outside of you to make yeah. it go away. yeah, exactly you're like, stop. like this is it's painful and it's confusing and it's you know, I'm latched on to it. yeah. and, like, and what I, what I
1: found so much for myself was my drive in the tech industry was really just my way of both trying to validate those insecurities of like or seeking that validation of like, am I good enough? Am I good enough? Am I successful now? am I lovable now? But also what it was, was me keeping myself so busy by working in an industry that the culture is so intense. You're constantly working that it was really easy for me to ignore all of my trauma by just like keeping myself so overstimulated and overwhelmed that it just like, it makes it really easy to just like, no, I'm just going to like keep shoving that down and, you know, fill, put all of this extra stimulation in so that I can forget about like this, nagging pain that exists inside. of Yeah. And to me, and I know
0: that this is a big component of your work is the divine feminine and, you know, really helping women to reconnect with that part of themselves. Um, but to to me, the divine feminine is that part of us that knows that we are not what we do. We're what we are, you know, what we're being. And I think many people in our society make a life out of doing. Yeah. And and just like you said, because the more you do, 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 you don't have to look at what you're being, who you are.
1: Exactly.
0: And, but we don't realize that that, you know, like a, a flower that is, doesn't have like deep enough roots. It just tries to keep growing, growing, growing. It's going to reach a limit, you know, like you can only have so much growth without having like a healthy root system. Yeah. Exactly. So when we deny who we really are, we just, we feel empty. We feel a little bit dead because yeah. we're disconnected from the root of earth. We're from the root beneath our feet that actually is the substance of who we
1: are. Yeah. And I... I like to think of this like I feel like the way that we're conditioned in our society like we're conditioned our conditioning or this society that we've created our culture we are human doings like that's what we've created like we're human doings and we need to get back to being human beings and we're told that like if you're not doing something if you're not being productive then are you even worth anything are you doing anything with your life and ultimately like that's just keeping us stuck in these trauma cycles and not creating like a socially acceptable space for us to find healing. And ultimately like what I view is like the divine feminine energy is like tapping back into that sense of being and just like openness and receptivity and flow and really just like creating space to sit with what. Arises And that's fucking hard to do because our society, we're conditioned to like, go, 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 not make time to sit. We feel guilty when we actually do make time to sit and just be.
0: Yeah. And I talk about this a lot. <laughs> a lot. Her is at the house? <laughs> <It's true>. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Jennifer's dog, I think, is farting during the podcast, which is really not very nice.: yeah. No, she's so sweet. That's a sweet dog. <laughs> it's a little rain though. So. <laughs> These are the joys of interviewing in person. Rather than on Zoom. On Zoom, you don't have to smell your guest dog farts. <laughs> what I was going to say is that that's the thing I talk about a lot in addiction work is that we're also told that we should never have to feel uncomfortable. You know, if we feel uncomfortable, we have so many quick fixes. You can take a pill, you can go do this, you can drink this, you can smoke this, you can do this or that, you can watch TV, you can go on the internet, you can go, you know, watch porn, all these different things. You can go gamble anything you want where it's like, oh, you feel bad? Like, well, here, have this, you know? And that in itself is not, it's not a bad thing to soothe, but just like everything else, it's out of balance right now. Because yeah. we're like, no, at no cost should you have to feel uncomfortable. We got we got a cure for that. We got a fix for that. We got a pill for that, yeah. right? And that just develops this culture of people who can't handle and won't check in with themselves. Yeah. You know, I know that you're a medicine woman, you're a holistic healer. So you're all about getting to underneath, like getting to the source of things, really healing naturally, which is another thing I'd love for you to, to Talk about because that's how your work started. You actually started Groove
1: quite a while ago. Yeah, so I started Groove in 2013, and that journey has been really interesting because I it started really selfishly. If I'm being honest, I was trying to solve a personal problem. I've had issues with my periods ever since my very first period when I was 11 years old. My pain level has been horrific. I vomited every single month. I had super intense digestive issues. I was highly depressed for a long time. And basically, you know, ever since I was a kid, it was just, you take pills to fix it and to ease your pain. But medicine didn't work for me because my pain was so intense. So I ended up getting prescribed the pill because that's just what you did. Like there weren't really any other options. And thinking about things holistically in my family was not really a conversation. And I think even at that time, just where the world was like organic stuff, holistic stuff was not really a thing yet. So the pill was my only place to turn. And I mean, first of all, it didn't fully get rid of the pain. I was still having to take medication. It just was no longer prescription strength medication. So I, I was... I did that for such a long time but then when I was in my 20s I started having tons of intense issues with the pill and it took me a while to figure out that that's what was going on but I was having intense panic attacks I was having heart palpitations I was having shortness of breath and chest constriction and like all this weird shit and I was like I'm 22 years old there's no way that I should be having these problems so I changed my diet. I changed my exercise routine. I was like doing all this stuff to try to figure out what was going on and finally stopped taking the pill. And within a week, all of my symptoms went away. And so it just basically that whole experience just created something clicked in me where I realized that, okay, there's got to be a better way to manage all of this stuff. Like none of this has been working. My body is very obviously like intensely rejecting this pill that I've been taking for such a long time. So I just kind of became, I turned to being on a mission to try to find a holistic alternative, both for birth control, because I wasn't at a point where I wanted to have kids and also you know, now that I wasn't taking the pill, I was like, "Well, fuck! Now I'm back to square one with my periods and have to figure out a way to manage that that doesn't involve hormones because my body is very clearly telling me that nope, like this isn't working for me." And so I just started doing a shitload of research about natural birth control methods, holistic healing methods, and that's kind of how group started was focusing solely on periods because it it was ultimately me wanting to share the all of the information that I was learning because I was like okay there's this awesome natural birth control method that's like just as effective as the pill that involves no hormones that I've literally never heard of that has never like is not taught in sex ed and includes like all of this amazing information about how the female reproductive system works like our reproductive system is literally giving us a live stream of data every single day that helps us gauge our hormonal health, our fertility levels, our inability to get pregnant or not get pregnant, the health status of our periods. And just like all I, it, my mind was literally blown. I was like, surely I'm not the only one in the world who could benefit from this information. So that's really how groups started. It started because I was trying to solve my own problem and just realized other people surely could benefit from this. And like, that's kind of what sparked my, I didn't realize it at the time that that was my really introduction and my first step into becoming a medicine woman. And, You know, it wasn't until the last few years when Groove has expanded into mind-body-spirit wellness to incorporate breath work and trauma healing and trauma-informed yoga and, you know, shadow work and all of these other holistic modalities to ultimately tap into that healthy feminine energy and heal the body from the inside out. Because something else I realized is that as I started to unravel my trauma, my period issues were suddenly starting to alleviate themselves. So what I learned from doing this work is that so much of what causes physical ailments in our body is actually, you know, in a lot of ways, energetic in terms of like, it's being caused by unprocessed trauma that's just trapped in our bodies and sucking all of our energy from going to healing our periods or healing our digestive system or healing our skin or whatever it is. Mm -hmm. And so like, it just made perfect sense to me to focus to focus my energy on helping people tap into that themselves and yeah it's uh it's such needed work because there's like this intense awakening happening among women and among the feminine and just like the world is trying to rebalance itself and ultimately what i want this work to do is like help women discover that like, you are your own healer. Like you don't need to rely on somebody else. And if you can tap back into that energy, you are fucking powerful. Like we are fucking powerful. Whitney, you are fucking powerful. (laughs) (laughs) Don't I know it figuring it out. Right.
0: And I, I love that so much. And, and just being around you like in person for a few days for a while now, you know, I, you are strongly connected. You know, you have a gift and we talked earlier today about how we live in a time where it's even though it's a lit a little bit, you know, there's some reluctance to do so, but it's safer than ever before for women to speak
1: Mm -hmm.
0: about their true beliefs about their true abilities things that have really been kept under the surface are really starting to bubble up because women are starting to notice like you, like I about things like intuition and psychic gifts and natural healing and listening to our bodies and the power of our bodies and women's intuition in our womb and on and on that there's like some real freaking, I mean, the power of a woman is strong. Yeah. Not to say that like the masculine energy doesn't have its own strength, but so does a female's energy. Yeah. It's powerful stuff. It's like this enduring determined, like, cause it brings life into the universe. Yeah. That's a big thing. Yeah. You know, like that's remarkable and to to, to allow women to really embrace that and come together and find ways to harness that and connect with it, I think is, as you said, so important at this time. Yeah. So your work is exciting. It's really cool. And you have such a plethora of things that you're offering and that you're exploring. You know, we talk a lot about trauma and you had mentioned trauma release exercises. Yeah. Because on my show, it's pretty consistent that most of my guests will talk about trauma because it's just such an issue. And the biggest thing is how do we address it? How do we heal it? And, but the good news is that there's about a million different ways to, because it's, it just all comes down to allowing something to be seen and held and then released. Yeah. Right. So tell us about trauma release exercises. Yeah. So,
1: I mean, there's just about as many trauma healing modalities as there are people. So yeah. not every modality is going to resonate with every human. And what I found, like my personal healing gift is really through all of the work that I do through the period healing, through the trauma healing, through the breath work, through the the meditation facilitation, my gift is really tapping into the physical body to get at the trauma you can obviously go through the emotional body through therapy and things like that and you know find other avenues in but the avenue that connected really deeply with me in my own work and I know there's lots of other people that this would connect with is going in through my body because I was so disconnected from my body when I was younger. And so disconnected from my emotions that when I started therapy, my therapist would ask me, how are you feeling today? And I said, I don't know. What emotion are you feeling? I don't know. Where do you Mm -hmm. feel that in your body? I literally have no idea. There was just like, the trauma was so deep for me that I had totally disconnected from my body. So what I realized my work was, was reconnecting with my physical body. And that to me became a portal into my trauma. So trauma release exercises are really wonderful and profound because it's this modality in particular, you don't necessarily have to like put yourself back in that place or like relive a traumatic experience if that's not something you're ready for. And that's not to say that trauma release exercises like are a one-stop shop. And like you do that and like everything's done and healed, but that coupled with other things is really powerful. And especially for people who maybe aren't ready to step into a place where they're being super vulnerable with another human being and, and speaking out loud about what wounds they're carrying and what sort of trauma they've had. Trauma release exercises are a really powerful tool because it it essentially like taps into your body's natural evolutionary response to fight or flight. And so I guess in order to describe what trauma release exercises are, I need to talk a little bit about um, the stress cycle. So stress, you know, everything in nature is a cycle, like day, night, seasons, menstrual cycles, year, annual cycles, moon cycles, everything, birth, death. Literally everything happens in cycles and stress is no exception to that. So, stress happens in cycles. And what, how the way that trauma gets created is when that stress cycle stops for some reason, like mid stress cycle, the stress cycle is halted. And that can often be because of our conditioning, because we don't feel as though we're living in a safe environment for us to authentically express an emotion that's arising. So we're conditioned to like, no, shove it down. Girls, big girls don't cry. Stop being so sensitive. You know, don't be a pussy, whatever it is. You know, we receive all these messages to not feel our feelings and to not express them. Or, you know, there's, there's lots of different reasons. So during the stress cycle, something that happens is the body goes into a fight or flight state. But there's also... Man, this dog is farting up a storm in here. Um, So the stress cycle, there's fight or flight, but there's also freeze and fawn responses. And the freeze response is really important. So like freeze is what happens when you're in a situation where fighting back is not an option and we're running away is not an option, which for many of us is like our childhood upbringing. You know, like we're reliant on our parents. And so our body goes into a response where we kind of like, we shut down, like our body and our nervous system kind of shuts down in order to protect us from, you know, having these like really traumatizing memories. But something interesting that happens in nature, if you look at animals, what happens after they have a freeze response is that they go into a a shaking response or they have tremors. So their body will start tremoring. They'll start to shake which looks a little bit like, you know, maybe a little bit like seizing, but it's it's definitely different. But part of the thing with humans is that we've been conditioned not to do that because we're told, you know, it's not proper to express, yeah, keep it together. Physically, keep it together, hold it together, hold it together shove it down. Mm-hmm. So when we have these really traumatic experiences, our conditioning prevents our body from having this like natural shaking response that ultimately what it does is it's shaking off that stress energy and that's like the how the stress cycle ends is like your body goes into this phase where it's like restoring itself to balance to homeostasis and part of that is shaking off the energy that caused the fight-or-flight response to begin with but like when that doesn't happen our body stores that energy, and like that's what causes traumas. It just mm-hmm. like spins and spins and spins inside of our bodies for various reasons. So ultimately, what trauma—that's a long,
0: no, <laughs> that's beautiful, yeah, like a You're long
1: amazing. way to get into what trauma release exercises are. Is it's tapping into the bodies evolutionary natural shaking response that shakes allows the energy allows the body to discharge Mm. stuck trauma energy without having to necessarily speak the words about what happened or speak emotions about what we're feeling and there may be some like emotions and sensations that arise while this work is being done but what I love about it is that it's a portal into our body and our bot, like every cell in our body stores the memory of trauma. And that's like, it's been shown scientifically that trauma gets passed from generation to generation through our DNA Mm -hmm. and it changes our DNA. And this allows us to, you know, one avenue into breaking free of that. And that might, you know, you may have to do work outside of that, but it may at least like release, open the pressure valve enough and like release the pressure enough to Kind of prepare you to like do some really deep emotional work or some other work or for some people that may be all that they need.
0: Yeah. Wow, that's a incredible synopsis to explain it. So thank you so much for for offering that. There's also another sort of modality that you use that people might not be as familiar with, and it's a little more on the sort of mystical, esoteric side. But uh, it's called soul retrieval. And that's kind of cool and kind of fun. And I've heard like really incredible things. Actually, one of my good friends recently did a soul retrieval and she felt that afterwards she had had such a block removed that she, it was like a few days after the session, she met like her life partner. That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So what is it? So I love soul retrieval and... Something about me to note is that like, I love science shit and like, that's my background. So I have an, a degree in engineering. So like, I'm all about science stuff, but you know, as I've done this work inside myself, I've also like really gone down the road of like the woo-woo stuff, which I love that there's so much overlap. Like woo-woo stuff is actually, if you dig in enough, like very based in science, which is amazing. Well, neither one can be without the other. It's all all just like, it's two sides of the same coin. It's two ends of a spectrum. And so ultimately what soul retrieval is, and I guess first, before I get into what exactly soul retrieval is, there's, you know, what the beliefs of a lot of indigenous cultures around trauma is, is that every time we experience a trauma in our life that is, un, it's not fully processed for whatever reason, a piece of our soul breaks off and gets stuck in that point in time. And because there's a piece of us stuck in this point in time, we have triggers that come up and it kind of like sucks us back to that time when we were experiencing that trauma. And so we're just we end up in our present moment, re-experiencing a past in our present, and that's ultimately what trauma is. It's like trauma, to me, is the expression of a painful past experience within our present moment. And so the a lot of indigenous cultures believe that our soul a piece of our soul breaks off every time we go through a huge event that's highly traumatic, and we're not able to fully process it. So ultimately what soul retrieval is, is a shamanic practice and different, you know, different practitioners do this in different ways and guide people through this in different ways, but it's ultimately kind of almost like time traveling a little bit, but like going back to those places where a piece of our soul is stuck and, Bringing it back with us into the present moment and then reintegrating all of those lost parts of our soul and like making ourselves whole again, ultimately. And it's a really beautiful practice. And I had this just like spontaneously happen to me when I was meditating one day and just like went through this insane journey and was just like bawling my eyes out for an hour. But then afterwards, it was just like this weight had been lifted and. I I don't know, it was just like, there was a peacefulness inside of me that I hadn't felt in a long time. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, wow. Like I just like, just reintegrated like all of these wounded parts of myself. And it was just like such a beautiful experience. So that's one of the things that I offer. And that's more of a a shamanic practice. And some shamanic practitioners will, you know, the shaman will be the one to do the traveling, but the way that I approach my work in general and um, approach soul retrieval is that my whole thing is to empower the other, the person that I'm working with to have kind of guide the experience for themselves. Like maybe I'll be there to be a guide and a facilitator, but to ultimately have that inner experience for themselves so they can come out the other side of that and be like, holy shit, I just did that myself. Like I just healed myself. And like, igniting that healer inside of people which like lives inside of every single one of, one of us, us yeah. and yeah. yeah so soul retrieval is such a beautiful practice and yeah maybe it's a little bit on the woo-woo spectrum but I'm super woo-woo and I love that shit and you know why not try stuff like even if people are a little bit skeptical it's like why not you know you gotta try it all yeah See how, if
0: you don't like it you don't have to do it again. Yeah, but exactly. I think it's worth, like
1: try it once. You um, never know what might work for you. Yeah. Take what you like and leave yeah. the rest. Which speak, 12 step program. Yeah, <laughs> there
0: you go. Which speaking of, then there's also what more and more people are talking about lately that can be incredibly effective in treating trauma, depression, anxiety is plant-based medicine,
1: mm-hmm.
0: herbalism and, and like plant journeying. So Have you done that? Have you found it helpful? I think you have. Tell us about it.
1: (laughs) Oh, yes. Mushrooms, ayahuasca. What is it? I'm no stranger to plant medicine, so I have not personally sat with ayahuasca, but psilocybin or magic mushrooms have been a huge, and I cannot overstate this enough, a huge part of my healing journey. And ultimately for me, what I found with using mushrooms is that it's just ignited my own inner healer and opened up my own ability to heal myself which has been amazing and that medicine in particular has been a huge teacher for me because it's taught me a lot of the modalities like the healing modalities that I share with other people have been like kind of channeled to me through these mushroom experiences and um So I, when I was younger, I never, I was always really weary of taking mushrooms. So I never took them recreationally. There was just like, I don't know why there was something in me. I think it was partially my trauma. So like when I was in my trauma, one of my big shadow qualities was control. Like I wanted to feel in control of things. Like that was a way that I was able to feel safer in my life. So, the idea of taking mushrooms and losing that sense of control was fucking terrifying to me. So, I didn't do them for a really long time, doing them recreationally. I was like, absolutely not, zero interest in that. And then it wasn't until probably my late 20s that I really started stepping into that space. And there was something inside of me intuitively that just understood that this is medicine. Like, this is not something to do just like for fun. And, you know, those experiences, you know, maybe can be great. Like I've done them with friends a couple of times and like have still had really profound healing journeys. But for me, like the most potent healing has come when I've done solo journeys and I'm not advocating that for anybody because that like, yes, mushrooms are amazing, but I would definitely recommend if you're new to it, if you, Don't fully have a sense of trust in yourself to work with a practitioner that knows what they're doing that can gently guide you through that process. But for me personally, mushroom working with mushroom medicine helped was a part of my stepping into my role as a healer and as a medicine woman, and it taught me to open that part of myself and I think like that's why I was called to do solo journeys was because like I was being taught every time I would go through a a medicine ceremony on my own and I had some really I've had some really difficult experiences and some really profoundly beautiful experiences and um I've had mushroom experiences where my body just naturally went into that shaking response that I Mm. talked earlier about, where it was discharging trauma energy. I've had uh, experiences where there was kind of like a chakra realignment happening in my body, and I could feel my energy centers unblocking themselves and realigning. And, you know, overall, that has just been like such a potent medicine for me. And it's not for everybody. I'm not saying that everybody should do it. I think that's for some people and not for others. But for me personally, that's been an integral part of my my healing journey.
0: Yeah, and that's wonderful. And I think it's important for people to speak on their experience with that because both psychedelics and plant medicine they really are. There's, I mean, it's across the board. Just it's very, very helpful for a lot of people, and it's not for everybody. Yeah, you know. But it's. I think it's worth looking into if someone's really struggling and nothing else is working or if they're just feeling inclined or often, you know, you feel called towards something like that. Yeah. That's what I've been told is if you're meant to sort of do a plant thing, you'll start to feel called. There'll be totally. some synchronicities, like just kind of follow that totally. and see if it might be something to explore. Cause I think that a lot of people do, as you said, feel scared. I know I've yeah. always felt uncomfortable with that, you know, a mind altering substance for sure. You know, being like, um, oh, what if it takes off to like another universe and then I get kind of
1: stressed out and I can't get back in here and I'm all, you know, yeah, messed up. Totally. And, and the biggest thing for me that I've learned is what separates magic mushrooms from being used recreationally to being used medicinally Is intention. Like Mm -hmm. intention is like the magic of using mushroom medicine is like when, when I go into a mushroom ceremony with an intention that like, I want to explore this, like my intention is to explore this, to open this the medicine like even though my journeys can be a, a little bit difficult sometimes usually there's there's like an arc um and like stages in the journey and for me it'll almost always end in like a really beautiful place even if i have really difficult moments it'll kind of open into something where i have like a learning or a realization or a download and that intention is so crucial and what i have found throughout my journeys is that The medicine will only take me as far as I'm ready to go. Mm -hmm. And it'll probably push you a little bit. But I think with everybody, like we're stronger than we think that we are. We're more capable of handling difficult experiences than we think that we are. Mm -hmm. But it will, at least in my personal experience, it has never taken me further than I can handle. And like, it always brings me exactly what I need in that moment. And, you know, the journeys that I've done more recently in my life, if I had had those when I first started, I, there's no way I would have been able to handle it, but because I've done that work, it's just like incrementally getting into deeper and deeper layers. And I just feel more prepared um, because I've, because I have that history with it, because I've established that trust in myself that I trust myself. I trust the medicine. I trust that when I set an intention, like that's, what's going to that work is, what's going to arise. And Mm -hmm. so that's been a really beautiful practice for me. And yeah, so it's, that's, that's, I I love, I'm a huge advocate of, of plant medicines Mm -hmm. being used responsibly, being used with intention, being used for people who are fully ready to do that. I think when people jump into something before they're ready, like that's when, maybe people have experiences that are not so enjoyable, but for me, it's like, trust your gut. If you're being guided to do something, if you have something that keeps coming up, then like, that might be your intuition telling you that you're ready for it. So. Yeah. Yeah. And then even beyond
0: plant medicine, you know, plant medicine used for sort of taking a trip. You also just offer some suggestions for, you know, you're an herbalist Mm -hmm. and you also make your own really amazing kombucha that I got to try today. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Lavender. And then a cinnamon flavor. It was so fantastic.
1: (laughs) You're sipping it now. Yes,
0: I am (laughs) drinking a ginger,
1: a ginger mint kombucha. And yeah, so I'm just a huge plant nerd. I love everything about plants and I know mushrooms are not in the plant family, but everything that is like of the earth is, is something that I'm so interested in, even though I'm still like very science minded. I, I think there's such an unfortunate disconnect between science and natural stuff whereas like natural stuff. I think it's finally starting to change, but for such a long time, natural stuff was seen as like, oh, that's not, that's like woo woo hippie shit. That's not really scientifically validated, but you know, I've gotten super into plants and herbalism and there's so many herbs that are potent healers. And literally what so many people don't realize is that every medicine like every medication that is in our western world like stems from a plant in some way it's like a plant compound that we figured out like oh this works really well for this thing and then isolated this compound and so like everything in our western society kind of stems from plant medicines like even if it's not the psychedelic kind of plant medicines um, you know, just herbalism and, and things like that. So I make tinctures, I make kombucha, mm. I make tea blends. And I, I just like, I love that stuff because I think nature has such a potent healing power, not only like spending time in nature, but if we look around, if we go into a forest and look around us, like every, most things like, yeah, there's some stuff that is poisonous and you need to be careful about that. But for the most part, like there's so much there that is either food or medicine or both. And like nature has, like, she's got our back. Like she looks out for she's us. It's covered. Yeah. We just, we just ignore it. Yeah. We've <laughs> totally forgotten about it and we've totally lost touch with that. And, you know, part of my own, like, Native American roots and, like, kind of really reconnecting with that in a big way has, like, been rediscovering and tapping back into that relationship with the earth and that like she has provided everything that we need we just ignore it and we've forgotten about like this in this deep wisdom that the earth has and like there's so many potent medicines that have that come out of like everything comes out you know, all these potent medicines that you know the mushrooms and all of these like things that are starting to get integrated even into like Therapy-assisted psilocybin journeys are starting to be studied and scientifically and, you know, like we're as a culture very slowly realizing that, oh, there's actually a lot of stuff here that we've been ignoring that's like really potent healing healing has really potent healing properties and,
0: and because it comes from the earth, it's so much more aligned with our bodies. You know, a lot of these medications we take, we have, you know, pretty severe adverse reactions. Yeah. And And I think side
1: effects totally. And part of that, at least like from what I understand about that. And like, from the research that I've done is like, when you extract a singular compound, like the dose makes the poison. And like, even in the medications that we have, like if you know the reason that I love plant medicines and like herbalism is because nature has like almost perfected the recipe for a medicine like over millions of years of evolution and so the healing properties of a plant like it has so many different compounds in it and they all work synergistically together like with our body and you can combine different ones and it's not you know, it's not super toxic, you know, that's not a blanket statement. Like sometimes you have to be careful about that, but for the most part, you know, plant medic, like herbs and things like that can be like mixed and matched in a lot of cases. And I, I just think that that's really beautiful. And that's something that we've lost touch with. And yeah, just that, like the plant has everything that it needs, that we, that our bodies need. And like, all of these little extra tidbits too that are really good for us that I love that we just, we can't get with Western medicine. And that's not to say that like you should never use Western medication, that it's all bad. That's not true. I think it totally has a place, but you know, plants also have a place and we just like need to regain that balance. Like we've talked about balance, like we're so out of balance. And it's just like this time in the world feels like this time for like restoring that balance that we've lost
0: that's what it is this is this is that time it's a time for rebalancing and reintroducing the things that are most basic to us like the things that can be found in nature utilized through nature and within ourselves it's totally. all one in the same <laughs> it's all totally. our natural our natural you know outlet and fastest resource to healing yeah
1: totally we are of the earth we are nature nature is us like we can't separate us from from nature which I love and true hippie talk yeah oh yeah I'm a (laughs) total hippie and I fully accept that (laughs) which is great
0: like it's so funny like it's there's no there's no negativity around that or woo or any of this, it's yeah. all good stuff. Like, come on people again, like try it out. Yeah. If you don't like it. Like see if there's might be something here because again, like it's not like those things are separate from science. Like you're not at all very, you know, science inclined, but you're also aware that it's, that's, they symbiotic they work together. Yeah, exactly. It's two in one. Wow. Well, Jennifer, this has been such a cool conversation. I knew it would be because all of our conversations are awesome. Yeah. I wish we could get into everything today. We've <laughs> talked about like aliens, you know, we've talked about like the nature of consciousness and human evolution. We've talked about a lot of stuff. Today. Yeah. We, did exactly. a hike. we had a lot of time together. It's been incredible. Yeah. But thank you for sharing about you, the work that you do, your amazing concepts. You're very well spoken on all of these things. And so you're, you're going to do big things. And we're going to be together for this journey. Yes, so I'm excited about it girl. that we're connected now. Yes. It's fantastic. Yeah. Um, so you have a lot of ways that people can find you. You just started a podcast of your own. I did. Oh yes. my gosh. The Conscious Pussy Podcast. Yes. How fantastic is that? And everybody needs to go on her website because the artwork that you created yourself it's just amazing. It's just amazing. You just I don't even know if I should describe it because you kind of have to see it. I'm just <laughs> gonna see it. There is a cat with a third eye, and the third eye is a vagina. I mean, it's just like you can't make this up. I might have to get a tattoo <laughs> of that somewhere. It's just
1: awesome. Yes.
0: So okay, so your podcast, but they need to go to your website. So what's your website?
1: So groove's website is ready to groove.com, and that's where we have all sorts of mind, body, spirit, healing programs. You can learn all sorts of like free information. My big thing is like, I believe information needs to be free and no strings attached, like no ads, no bullshit trying to be sold to you. So you can learn about like how to do shadow work, how to do breath work, different trauma healing modalities, how to track your period, how to start um, like measuring your hormone levels without having to go to the doctor and get blood work done and um, just all of the stuff that I feel like as women, we deserve to know and like understand. And yeah, ultimately just like helps you tap into your potent, like healing abilities because you are a powerful healer. Um, so yeah, ready And then if you're interested in working with me more one-on-one, I have a personal website, which is moonbirdmedicine.com. So yeah, ready or moonbirdmedicine.com.
0: All right. So many different ways they can connect with you. They can shoot you an email. They can work with you, ask you questions. Totally. They can listen to your podcast. Totally. It's awesome. And we all get to find out where
1: you go from here. It's a mystery to me too. So we'll <laughs> see. But yeah, I just, I want to say too, that I just like appreciate the work that you're doing. Cause I just, the little bit that I, the little while that I've known you, I just sense that you're just like this master connector of these fierce, powerful women. And I think that's so needed in our world right now. And I've loved listening to the other conversations on your podcast and yeah, it's just like, it's so needed and just like, thank you for facilitating these conversations and like making this stuff available to people. So you yourself are a very powerful medicine woman, my friend. Well, thank you.
0: Thank you so much. I appreciate that. And again, I'm just so glad that we're connected. We can join forces. We're unstoppable. And when we get enough women, ooh, look out. Like (laughs) big things are coming in a great way. Oh, yeah. Because that's the beautiful thing of the feminine. And, you know, this is something that's been pointed out. And I talked to a lot of women about is that, you know, the divine feminine isn't looking to overthrow anything. We're not looking to, I mean, people have frustrations and I understand that about the masculine domination right now yet, you know, the feminine knows that it's a natural source and what's natural will is what we'll always return to. So it really, we're returning to the divine feminine and it's when we come together that it's what it's really going to be is this new offering, I think, and that people are going to gravitate towards it because they're, they're going to know that it's more aligned with who they really are and their true nature, yeah. you know, and people that want to come along for it, they'll begin to, and I think they'll start to see that their lives are a lot more ease and better for it. Totally. And that's when change really happens. Yeah. You know, change doesn't happen when you force people. That's not sustainable. Yeah. That might change things for a little bit. Yeah, But if someone acts on their own accord because it resonates with their true essence, their beliefs, that's when, you know, things yeah, actually totally. shift. And it's so, like
1: tapping back into your power as a woman and a human being and no longer relying. So like it, there's so much good that comes out of having people guide you, but like not relying on other people to help you or to fix you or to make you better. It's like tapping back into your own power source. And like, that is fucking amazing. Mm -hmm. And I'm so excited for this, like awakening that's happening among women and the feminine. And it's just like, it's super exciting.
0: Yeah. Here we go. (laughs) Get ready. Buckle your seatbelts. It's going to be a wild ride. I'm excited for it. All right, my dear. Well, thank you so much, Jennifer, for doing this, for sitting with me at our lovely
1: kitchen table in the amazing North Carolina yes. mountains. And thank you for to my dog for the fragrances. The <laughs> right. Thanks so much, Jennifer.
0: That wraps up our beautiful conversation with our wonderful guests. Thank you so much for listening to the Women Waken podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please do share it with others and come back for more. If anything you heard resonates, leave a review or send me an email at Whitney at and check out the website, womenwaken.com. Have a wonderful rest of your day and don't forget to let your light shine and keep an eye out for your special gifts and magic.